This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You tired of hearing that USC fight song yet? <laughs> we, we don't need to start with him right now. What do you got, Chris? <laughs> yeah, as a matter of fact, I kind of am. Yeah. It's a good week of practice. Uh, guys practice hard. I mean, there's a chance that they could only bring one scholarship quarterback up here. I mean, is that, I mean, I know you talk about the system is more important than any guy, but does that really alter thinking? Not, not, not even the slightest. That's not our issue. That's their issue. Like, we, we just got to line up and play and play hard. Like, what's going on on the other side has nothing to do with nothing. So, you're, so their issue doesn't necessarily affect your, we, your ability to – We've got to defend a good quarterback just through for over 300 yards. That's what we got to do. Is, a, is a there, though, a risk there when you know that they could be going to, you know, a person who hasn't taken a snap at quarterback? So do you think they might play a little bit more conservative on that end? No, I think everybody's in this to win it. I don't think anyone comes up to play conservative. And, Make sure, like everybody plays to win. They're going to play to his strengths. They're going to do what they do. What does Fink bring to the table that you've seen on tape so far? 300 yards plus gives those big receivers a chance to make plays, and he does a great job of it. Um, like I told you guys earlier, um, you know, all three of their quarterbacks are throwing for over 70%. I mean, hats off to them. You know, they didn't miss a beat. How about Michael Pittman? Does he kind of remind you of anybody that you've faced previous years? Or? I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, they got three really – well, more than that on their roster, big-time receivers. And that's a little bit of the issue, mm-hmm. you know, is they got guys across the board that call make plays and do a great job. When they throw – to the people on the outside, those look like jump balls. Those look like one-on-ones and yeah. anybody can get it. But is there more schematically? They, don't, they don't look like jump balls to me. I know what a jump ball looks like. You're slowing down. Everybody's gathering themselves going up. Those look like strikes to me on a deep ball. Like, that's the one thing I've been impressed with, you know, a couple things. But one of the things is, is how they throw the deep ball. I mean, those have been very accurate deep balls, in my opinion. And, um, you know, that's what's impressive. Because I think for a lot of those guys, all you do have to do is maybe throw it up and let them jump just by, you know, their physical stature. They're going to get some. But I, I, think it's, I think it's better than that. I think they, they throw strikes down the field. I know on Monday you mentioned that maybe one of the differences between the USC air raid and Washington State is that USC will run the ball. Absolutely. Run the ball a little bit more. But passing the ball, is there anything that they put a wrinkle on? Yeah, I mean, they have they have a few different route concepts that maybe Washington State doesn't do, not, not necessarily more. I think they all do a good job pick and choosing what they want to get good at, and then they run their system. You know, that, that's what I think is really good about this. I mean, is they do a great job with their system. And I think that's what helps their quarterbacks. I think that's why they've been able to play three guys and all play at a high level. Chris, talking to guys like Nick Harris, who grew up in Southern California and were not offered scholarships by USC, I asked him, do you kind of have to control the emotions, that chip on your shoulder? Do you even talk about that with the L.A. guys before a game like this? No. Um, I think most of our guys were offered scholarships. Nick wasn't offered scholarships by anyone. Right. So he should have a chip on his shoulder every game, and he does. That's what I love about it. I wish all of our guys were like that. So that's the beauty of that situation. 
just the idea, though, of seeing some friends on the opposing sideline, pregame, postgame. You know, I think anytime you know, it's, it's your hometown, whether it's the guys from Utah who are playing BYU mm-hmm. or guys that are from Southern California, I think it means something to those guys. Yeah, yeah they're going to have more familiarity with the guys on the other sidelines. So everybody wants to put their best foot forward. This feels like the biggest challenge for the secondary so far this year. How much have they grown since that second half versus Cal from what you've seen? You know, I, I think really it's the biggest challenge for this team mm-hmm. in general. But certainly with those wideouts that we're talking about and how they throw the ball, I mean, this is what they do. They are a pass-first offense. That does a great job with the run game, and so it is. It's uh, you know it's the biggest challenge they've had. It's the biggest challenge a lot of our guys have had. The biggest mm-hmm. challenge our D line has had. So I mean we can just go across the board. You've, you've made a point of, of acknowledging the crowds and the fans yeah. every game, but with school in session now, this almost feels like the one game or the first game where this could actually be a massive home. Yeah, I I hope. I mean that. You know, I played in a handful of games here that you walk in that stadium and you're like, whoa, this is good. This is different. And um, I'm really hoping this is one of those games. It should be. I mean, it's the kickoff time we want. The weather seems to be cooperating. We've got a really good opponent, evenly matched teams. I mean, this is what college football is all about. And knowing that 2016 atmosphere, are you expecting something similar to that? Uh, like I said, I mean, uh, there's been a couple times, and I think when you get good opponents that people are excited about and, you know, the energy level changes a little bit, so it's, you know, it was, I think everybody wants to compete in those arenas. Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow, now streaming on Paramount Plus, only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan. When it comes to the freshmen that are playing, whether it's Trent McDuffie or Cam Williams, you've said the moment hasn't been too big for them. What does that look like? What do those guys show you that you know that about them? Well, you know, I think, you know, Trent is, you know, a guy that was not here in the winter or springtime and, you know, shows up in the summertime, so you really never know about these guys until there's a lot. When they don't have spring football, there's a lot more unknown about them and so you know you're just teaching them the system and fall camp and letting them compete you can see guys make good plays and then you give them a little more a little more and sometimes a little more is too much and a little more has been too much for them there's so much talk about that offense but that defense including drake jackson as a freshman coming off the edge talk about the challenge of facing those that front four that was getting home of four guys against utah well and so that's what i was saying like this is the best d-line mm-hmm. without question that we've seen and uh you know, that's no, I mean, Cal's, you know, they got some guys for sure. But, you know, just talent-wise, I mean, those guys, that's probably the strength of their defense. And it's interesting that a true freshman is one of the guys that flashes and really shows up, and he does that. You and Clay recruit a lot of the same guys, obviously. Do kids make decisions based on the way this game goes on Saturday? <laughs> probably. <laughs> I mean, you know, I would hope it's never off any one game mm-hmm. or anything like that. I, I, I always hope it's about where a kid fits the best. And, feels like he can maximize his potential. I think there's a lot of places out there where kids can do that, and it's hard to figure it out when you're splitting hairs against really good you know, places and programs. And, but that's what it's really all about. It's yeah. about those guys doing their homework and doing it the right way. Is it, is it odd, or is it just kind of how things go that, that even though that you guys have a lot of kids from Cal, that there's not one kid from Washington on their team? Yeah. Um, I think it's you know, cyclical. 
Um, I know they've had guys, good players from Washington down there. Um, you know, there's a lot of players down there in Southern California. And I think you always start with your, your home base and see how you feel up there. I mean, you know, I hope in the future they don't have any other guys in Washington either. So <laughs> we'll keep working at that. Hey, and uh, is there anything to, like, explain why you guys have been so good in that first quarter? I think it's like 63-3, to three and yeah. it's just a ridiculous number. Yeah, I don't know. Like Monday we were talking about that. Okay. It was cyclical and... Um, you know, I wish we played like that for four quarters. You know, if we knew the answer to that, we do it all four quarters. We talked about the third quarter issues coming out of the Hawaii game. Different story versus BYU. You kind of feel like whatever cobwebs you have were kind of maybe cleaned up there a little bit. I don't know. I really don't. You know, like I said, first quarter, third quarter, whatever. We're trying mm -hmm. to play our best every quarter. And, you know, there's good players on the other side. There's good coaches. Guys make adjustments. There's ebbs and flows of the game. And that's just kind of how it is. And, um, that's what our guys got to be ready to do is whether the, the flows, whether it's right at the start, we don't start like we normally have been, or third quarter, doesn't, it doesn't matter. We've got to fight back. That game in 2016, there's a couple of guys that played in that game. Trey and Nick, I think, were two of them. But do you, do you take anything from that game, or is that just too long ago, you think? It's pretty long ago. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, there's some same coaches, mm -hmm. and there's some similarities in terms of that kind of stuff. But I think everybody's evolved, and you know, certainly a lot different, you know, different players. Do you, do you take anything from their game against BYU, you know, seeing that there was a common opponent? or? I mean, um, you know, not, not really. I mean, it's not as much as you'd maybe think. You know, I think that game helped us go to BYU. You know, I'd like to think it never does. I would like to think that our guys are always ready, um, and, I, and I do. But I think when that happened over there, I think it was eyes wide open because um, – you know, I think we know that what USC can bring to the table. And that's what I always talk about college football. I mean, that's any given Saturday. I mean, there's just, there's just a lot of parity these days, and that's, that's what I think you saw over there. You've reached the one-third poll of the regular season, pleased with where the football team is after four well, games. Well, you know, like you asked me last time, I mean, I think it's, it's always slow progress, and I think we're making progress. And, Test days on Saturday yeah. against the, you know, this is a big, this is a big test. This is a big exam for sure. Hard one. A lot of calculus out there that we have to be trying to solve. <laughs> Fast and tight situations. So we'll see how we do. That was the quarter poll last week. This is the third poll. Do you have da 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 da, da stuck in your head all week oh, long driving around town? God. Is this thing over yet? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>《Shining Light》Sarajevo, and they needed to kill that light. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo. Thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. U2, they represent a personification of our resistance. The Hollywood Reporter hails "Kiss the Future" moving and inspirational. Kiss the future, viva Sarajevo! Kiss the future. New documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.